Our Heavenly Father, we thank you this day. The 13th May of this year, 2018. Father, we thank you because you have gathered us at your feet to worship and to hear your word. We are grateful because we are counted among the number to stand in your presence today. Lord, this month of grace is the month of your power, this month of your visitation. Lord, we are calling upon your name this day. That even as this word goes forth, that which you have prepared for us today, as we hear, help us to do. That our life will never remain the same. We shall move henceforth from glory to glory. And from one level to another better level. In the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit of God, take over now. I surrender myself and this audience, these great people of God, unto you, that the Holy Spirit of God will take complete control. Let no man henceforth be noticed, but only Jesus be lifted up. Thank you, our Father. In Jesus' name we pray. I welcome all of us to this day one of our Sunday services, and I thank the Lord that He found me useful this morning. The topic for today is when you pray. And this topic is very timely at such a time as this. At such a time today. At such a time as what is happening all over the world, and Nigeria in particular, <laughs> this topic is very timely. It's an end time language when you pray. In other words, God is asking us to pray, and we shall pray. And so I begin to look at this uh, topic using various subunits. And one of them is what is prayer. And prayer is an address as a petition to God or gods. Gods here means uh, Satan and his own kingdom. It is an earnest request or wish which is directed to God or gods in spoken words. That is prayer. It, has, it is an act of practice or a religious service done to God or gods. And it has a pattern. You do this act of uh, religious service, kneeling down, or putting your hands together. Or bending down. Or standing up. In most cases with your eyes closed. It has a pattern. When you pray. You do not stay anyhow. 
you do not say how you used to or how you were. You must change position. In honor of him to whom you make request. Because prayer is a request. And it's to a higher being. It's a great, to a great God. You must position yourself in humility and honor. To present that request to the awesome God. To whom you are bringing the petition. Because prayer is a petition. It's a request. You cannot stand anyhow. You cannot stay anyhow. You cannot put your hand in the pocket. You cannot stay at a kimbo when you are praying. It's a religious service. It's a serious matter. And if you are not ready to pray, don't pray. Just go. Now, who do we pray to? We pray to God or to Satan. But you know our own. We pray to God. Say, I pray to God. Say, we pray to God. The sovereign Lord. Yes. That's him to whom we pray. And the Bible says, in John 4, 24, that God is a spirit. And they that worship him, must worship him in spirit and in the truth. Because God is a spirit, you are not looking for him. You will see him. This is why we close our eyes when we pray. How do you bring petition to God or spirit, which is a spirit, and you are looking through the window? You are looking at your neighbor's dress or shoe. You are answering telephone. You are not serious. You have not started praying. Wait. When you are ready, you pray. But that time you are looking at the window and answering phone and looking at others. <laughs> you have not started. Just wait. When you want to pray, you pray. Can you answer phone when the governor is seated? In fact, they will take the phone from the, at the gate. You won't even enter with it. And so we must honor God. We must... A time of prayer is a time of honor to God. That is why I said this topic is timely at this time that we need a lot of prayers. In our families and in our land. When you pray. Where do you pray? That's another question. And I want to tell us. The prayers are best done in God's altar. Such as the church, like we are here today. It's a thing of joy to say, let us go to the house of the Lord. Every Sunday morning, anywhere I am, I'm heading there. The place of designated points where the God's altar is raised. That is the best place to pray. Abraham raised an altar unto God. Many decades, his grandson Jacob stumbled into that place. And he saw something. 
He saw ladder raised from that place to heaven. And angels were ascending and descending. An altar is a meeting point between living and the spirit. And is the best place to pray. Where the altar of God is raised. This is why we advise people to raise family altar. Where you gather as a family and pray. Altar is very important. But mind you. The altar may not have any substance. You may not see anything there. You don't need to put anything there. You can just use like anointing oil. For instance, you want to raise a family altar. Use his anointing oil and say, God, we raise an altar in this room or in this place. In the name of God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. And that's where we will gather and pray to you. That's an altar. Anybody passing there won't see anything. Because God is a spirit. You don't worship him in physical. But usually also, most prayers are done anywhere. Prayers can be done in homes, in churches, in fellowship, in prayer meetings. Prayer can be done in the car, in the kitchen, even in some public transport. Anywhere, anytime. But it is best done in the altar. When you really want to seek God, you move and locate the altar of God, such as this place, the house of the Lord. Pray without ceasing. That is what the Bible says. And if we look at where we read today, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, you will see what Jesus is saying. And the way he wants us to go. In Matthew 6, 6, he said, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father, which is, which is in secret. And thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathens do. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speakings. When we pray, where we have read, like where I have read now, it says use not vain repetitions. As the heathens do. I think that what Jesus means here. He may be referring to. The Muslims. And other churches who use. Beads on a string. And they repeat something. And at times they do it openly. Like the Muslims do. They can block the road. Those repetitive. Act. I think that's what Jesus is saying. I may not be right. But Jesus wants the church of God to do better. Jesus wants us to do the correct thing. Because prayer is a spiritual matter. 
And God is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Not by public display. Now let us look at another thing. The importance of prayer. What is the importance of prayer? Prayer is so important that God decided to hide all the things, all the blessings, all the assistance he wants to give man. God hides it inside prayer. That is the importance of prayer. Prayer is important to that level that God himself has hidden everything he has for man inside prayer. Animals and other creatures, they don't need to pray. <laughs> but man, me and you, made in the image of God, we must pray. It's a must. It's a command. It's an instruction. It's an order. And if you don't pray, <laughs> you are facing failure. You are facing trouble. The authority given to man to have dominion and to subdue and to rule over all things is inside prayer. Is hidden inside prayer. That is why in Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17 Thessalonians 5 17 the Bible says pray without ceasing in everything. He didn't say in some of the things when you want to travel. Or when you are sick. Or when you, some problem was coming. No. In everything, pray with thanksgiving. For this is the will of God. God has a will. <laughs> the will of God has, he said, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Number one, pray with thanksgiving. Don't stop praying. Tell somebody, don't stop praying. It's very important, yes. Don't stop, don't try it. Prayer is compulsory. And also, he said, in everything. <laughs> Not in some of the things. <laughs> in everything. I don't know what, what everything means to you. Maybe you think everything means something. But for God, everything means everything. That is the will of God for you. The will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And so, brethren, by this instruction, if you fail to pray, you defraud yourself. You deny yourself of the riches of God's power and blessings which are hidden inside prayer. Those that go by it, they understand exactly what God means and what God is saying. There was a young man in the Bible here <laughs> who knows about this thing, about the importance of prayer. That's the scripture I just want us to read so that you know the man. And maybe you try to emulate him from today. And you will see a new and a different thing concerning your situations. That man is Daniel. Go to Daniel chapter 6. From verse 1 to 10. Daniel chapter 6. Verse 1 to 10. From King James. 
120 satraps who should be over the whole kingdom. And over these, and over these three presidents, on whom Daniel was first, that the satraps might give accounts unto them, and the king should suffer no loss. Then this Daniel was preferred above the president and satraps, because an excellent spirit was in him. Yes. And, the, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Then the president and satraps sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could not find, but they could find no occasion nor fault, because he was faithful. Neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said these men, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Then these presidents and satraps assembled together to the king, and said thus unto him, King Dairos, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the satraps, the counselors and the advisors, have consulted together to establish a royal statute, and to make a firm decree, that whosoever shall ask a petition of any other god or man, for thirty days, except from you, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it shall be that it shall not be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which alters not. Therefore, King Darius assigned the written decree. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber towards Jerusalem. He knelt down his knees three times a day, and prayed, and gave thanks before his God, as he did before. Praise the that Lord. That's okay. Now, Daniel knows that prayer is very important. You can see what he did. So he was determined to keep praying. No matter the law, no matter the decree, he wanted to obey the law of his God. Pray without ceasing. That is a law. That is a command. Pray without ceasing. And then he stood with it. And so the presidents and governors knew this. They knew that Daniel prays without ceasing. They knew. Because they were with him. They singled him out. They were not praying, but Daniel prays all the time. They knew. So they knew. And because they knew, and because of that, Daniel had an excellent spirit. And he was better than all of them. And they also knew. King Darius also knew that an excellent spirit is found in Daniel because he prays without season. Because he's a man of prayer. And so, he wanted now to place him over all his governors. He wanted to promote him above all of them. They also knew. So they ganged up. All the presidents, because Daniel was always praying, the king preferred him because he was praying. They were jealous of him. Because they cannot pray. 
And so they wanted to stop Daniel. To stop his way of being the best. His way of being successful. They want to stop it. And they looked around and saw that there is no other way we can stop Daniel. If you try him in this thing, he will not fall. If you try him with money, he will not fall. Try him with woman, he will not fall. They have tried. They say, nah, the only way we can stop this man is in the law of his God. The law of, what is that law? I want you now to know from today that prayer is law. It is this prayer that these people are calling law. Law of his God. They want to stop him. But I want to tell you, if anybody or any spirit or any power is able to stop you from praying, he has, he has succeeded in stopping you. If money can stop you from praying, that money has stopped you. He has ended your ministry. If clothes or girlfriend or anything can stop you from praying, even anger, if you're always angry and he's stopping you from praying, my friend, anger has finished you. Anger has stopped you. Anything that is able, if it's quarrel, if it's hatred, or you see somebody, you don't like that somebody, you begin to say to fear, I do this. Look, my friend, that person is stopping you from praying because anytime you are angry, you cannot pray. The person is to run to that person and make him a friend. Then you can begin to pray. So, look at verse 5 of that place we read. Then said this president, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. <laughs> Prayer is the law of God. It is a must. It is the only way to assess God's riches of blessing and favor, which God has given to man. Look at verse 10 also in that place. He said, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, shut his door, and opened the window toward Jerusalem, and knelt down three times, as he used to do, and continued to pray, to give thanks before his God. Brother, I want to tell you that Daniel has set the standard. No matter the policy, no matter the decree, no matter the situation, you must pray without ceasing. In the house of Apostle, when Paul and Silas were put into the prison, they prayed without ceasing. It was their prayer that opened the door of the windows of the prison and their chains were loosed and they got out of that place. The same thing happened to Peter. When Peter was in prison and they were praying, <laughs> Only that they didn't know that God answers prayer. When Peter came out, they were saying it was his ghost. But actually the prayer had been answered. That is what God can do. I want to tell you one other thing which happened with Daniel. Daniel was not whispering when he was praying. He was speaking loud. Because Daniel used to pray inside his house with the door shut. Only the window is open toward Jerusalem. 
How did they know that he's praying? All the people in that new layout were hearing his voice. He was praying out. Praise the Lord. He was not whispering. Daniel was not praying in his heart. He was not. Daniel was praying out. So all the presidents knew. All the governors knew. That the man prays. And that was why they said they want to stop him. They wanted to stop him from praying. Because the, the prayer is not even disturbing them also. And so pray them. When you pray, pray out. Stop praying in, in your heart. The Bible didn't say pray in the heart. It said pray, speak out. Look at God himself. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. God said, let there be light. God did not whisper. God did not say in his heart. God spoke. It is the power in the spoken word that brought about the light that came. And look at Elijah. In, in, in 2 Kings chapter 1 verse 1. The Bible said also that Elijah said, If I be a man of God, let fire come down from heaven. And consume you and your 50 uh, uh, captains. The captain and his 50. And that was exactly what happened. God answered, Elijah did not whisper. He did not speak in his heart. He spoke out. Some of us are too gentle to pray. You just pray in your heart. You pray that nobody will hear you. But God said in Romans chapter 8, that there is power. The, the word is mighty. The word is near your mouth. Speak it out. It is the spoken word that makes the miracle. It is the spoken word that brings the, the power of God alive in a situation. Jesus said, I pray when I need to hear my father. I pray when I was baptized by John the Baptist. I prayed when I chose my twelve disciples. I pray when I did mighty works. I prayed when I broke the bread. I prayed when I was arrested in garden of Gethsemane. I prayed when I gave up my ghost. <laughs> Brethren, if Jesus, who is God, and who was with God at the beginning as the word of God, by whom all things were made, in whom all things consist, the firstborn of every creature. If this same Jesus can pray without ceasing, what about you? What about me? Does that just show you that prayer is very important? Does not that make prayer a must to you? Even from today. Even if you have not been praying. God is looking for those that will obey this instruction, this command. They will start enjoying the miracles. They will start enjoying the power of God. I thank our venerable. He prays all the time for the students, for the sick, for everybody. And that is what is serving many. Because many people will just go home that venerable have prayed for us. Therefore, no need again. But God said pray. In fact, he's teaching you to pray. If he can pray, he's a professor, he's a venerable, and he's praying like this. Why not you? What stops you from praying? Daniel said the standard. Elijah said the standard. 
Paul and Silas set the standard. Peter set the standard. Wherever they were, they were praying. Now, another question. Who should pray? Who are those that we pray? There is a qualification to pray. If you are not qualified, you close your mouth. You won't pray. Because it will not be answered. Those that we pray are Christians, believers, born again. Priests, pastors, evangelists, teachers, workers in the vineyard of the Lord, elders, deacons, and Christian workers. They are the people qualified to pray. Sinners and unbelievers are not qualified. The prayer of a sinner is an abomination before God. And that is why the church is meant for everybody, including believers and unbelievers, including good and sinners. So that when you come into the church, you give your life to Jesus. Let me tell you, if you are coming to church just to fulfill all righteousness so that when you die, they will bury you. You, you are getting nothing. Burying you means burying you to go to hell. It doesn't change the equation. But coming to church is a place you ought to hear the word like I'm speaking now. And you give your life to Jesus. Very simple, so that you are qualified to pray. So if you have not given your life to Jesus, please do it today as I close this message. Try to give your life to Jesus so that you are qualified. And you, you know that without prayer you are going nowhere. Every unbeliever is still under the Adamic sin, no matter how good you are. You can be a very good person, it doesn't matter. But if you are not born again, you are wasting your time. Your prayer will not be hard. Jesus said in John 3, 3, Except you be born again, you cannot see the kingdom. Except you born of water and spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom. Another group of people that will not pray are those who are in deliberate disobedience. There are, even if you are born again, but you are in deliberate disobedience. That's an obedience you, dis- you know that you, you are doing. You are not qualified to pray. Because nobody will hear you. Those who have no respect or regard for God. Do you know that every believer is under interview every day, every minute. That is what it is. You are a believer, you are under interview. Even in your house, the way you comport yourself. So, don't tell me it's only when you are coming to a church, you dress well. When you are going to market, the same thing. Because God is interviewing you everywhere, every time. And that's why prayer is pray without season. Now, how do we pray to get an answer? <laughs> there are some extraordinary things you do to get an answer. You don't pray anyhow and get an answer. Not every prayer receives an answer. If you pray and miss, no answer. You are just talking. 
But when you pray according to the will of God, you start getting answer. God has a will. And even our venerable mentioned that will of God where he was praying. In Psalm 2 verse 8, he said, Ask of me, and I will give you hidden inheritance. Ask of me, I will give you the uttermost earth for possession. Do you know what that means? You know, some people as you were discussing in one, uh, in one gathering, they, they were thinking that, ask of me, I'll give you hidden for... They thought they will begin to possess the money the hidden have. The upstairs the hidden have. They go and possess it. They go and own it. Because you are a, a believer. You are a Christian. Some people think, what that, this place is saying, which is the mind of God, giving you hidden for a possession, is for you to ask of me to give, to give you the hidden is to give you hidden to convert them to become born again. So every hidden is waiting for you to ask God to give. There's something we did Operation 555, which we are running currently in Full Gospel Business Fellowship International. Operation 555 means you write the name of five persons. Because our thing this year is ask of me. So we are asking God. Operation 555. Write the name of the five persons, five form believers you know. That's first five. The second five is pray for that person for five minutes every day. Those five persons. And the third five is Invite that person and discuss with that person and tell him about Jesus Christ. You will be surprised that hidden, that unbeliever whose name is in your list will change. It has started working. I wrote, the, I wrote, I didn't just stop at five, I wrote 13. It's already working. They are giving their life to Jesus. In fact, the next outreach we are going to have, I'm going to invite all of them. The was there's one, one professor that was not doing well with the wife, beating and throwing away, is number one in my list. The man has gone back to bring back the wife. The prayer without, I've not even talked to him yet. This thing is working. God is ready to give you hidden for an inheritance. That is to convert the hiddens so that they become part of you. To convert the whole world so they become part of you. That's what that place is talking about. Hidden for an inheritance. You inherit them into the kingdom. Because you are already in the kingdom. You are bringing them in. That is what that place is talking about. And God will help us in the name of Jesus. Another thing is that your prayer must tend towards God's will. God's program. Jesus said, my need is to do the will of him who sent me. And Jesus said, I send you, go ye, therefore into all nations, baptizing them. You can see the mind of God sending us into all the world to baptize people and to bring them to the kingdom, to have the, the hidden for an inheritance. Go and evangelize. As soon as you become born again. That is what that place is saying. As soon as you become born again, begin to evangelize. 
That is God's will. Your prayer, therefore, must be evangelical. Your prayer must have evangelical content. Otherwise, God may not answer it. The will of God is so that you don't pray selfish prayer. You pray prayer that will bring people into the kingdom. Look at an example of some of our prayers. He said, God, heal me and make me strong. God can heal you. But you have not, in this prayer, you have not added evangelical content that we make God to answer it. If you just say, God, heal me. God, give me money. God, give me a car. God may not answer it. In fact, he will not. But if you say, God, heal me and make me strong so I can serve you better and go for evangelism, you have added evangelical content. But you must be serious. You don't deceive God. You must mean it too. God, give me a car so that I can go to fellowship even if there is rain. So that I can, I can evangelize more. Then, God, because of that evangelical content, God will begin to listen to you. God, help me to pass so that I become a graduate. I will stand with a, a better standing to preach the word. Then God will make you to pass more. You know? So any prayer you have Give me money. <laughs> Not money to drink beer or to eat shew, but money to pay tithes, to give offering, to support the work of God, to help our venerable in building church. God will give you the money. The prayer, you see, these are the things that make people not get answer to their, pray, to their prayer. Anyone I'm praying, I, I add evangelical. And God will give me. Praise the Lord. There was one time I ate my tithe. I suffered for it. In fact, my, my pocket became moneyless. I was wondering. You know the reason why I ate my tithe? Not because I'm gluttonous. It's because pressure. This one will say give me. This one will say give me. Give me here and there. I started giving until I, I gave out even my tithe. And I noticed that money tried. Money disappeared from my pocket. I, it took me time to, to remember it and kneel down and ask God and pray and promise God. So I began to write out those tithes that I ate. And I promised God. Brother, before I knew it, God answered. It reversed. Some money remained in my pocket again. Praise the Lord. And so, brethren, anything you are doing must have evangelical content. Why should one really pray? To get a direction of life. You need to pray to get a direction of life. To get assistance from God. To get the leading of God. To be successful in life, you need to pray. Life without prayer is a failure. It can result in, use, in useless life. Prayerlessness leads to uselessness. And have fire at the end. God, like I said earlier, de deliberately lumped everything in prayer. So that the prayer is the answer to everything that concerns our life. The next one is condition for praying through. There are conditions 
that we help you to pray through. Number one is you must separate from the Lord. From Lord. In Genesis 13, 14. And the Lord said unto Abraham, After Lord has separated from him, Lift up now your eyes and look from where you are. Northward and southward. Eastward and westward. All the land that thou seest, to thee will I give them. It's only when Lord separated. Brethren, the Lord is a distractor. There is a friend that is a lot in your life. You need to separate. If you are keeping company with a, a warden maker or a drunkard or a man of uselessity or a woman of uselessity, you need to separate. You, in short, you must separate. It's only when you separate from such people that the climate will clear and God will now begin to give you a leading. Praise the Lord. So you must separate from Lot. As you go out today, try to locate your Lot and part with him. The next one is that every king Uzziah in your life must die. In Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1, he said, In the year that king Uzziah died, prophet Isaiah, who had been a prophet to Prophet Isaiah saw the glory of the Lord. He was, he saw the Lord sitting upon the throne, highly lifted up, with his glory filling the earth. Every Uzziah in your life must be removed. You know, Uzziah could be that rich man that is your friend. He could be that king. He could be that permanent secretary or governor that you are looking on to all your hope in him. Until that king Uzziah disappears from your life, you may never see the glory of God. You may never be able to worship God successfully. Number three, you must be holy. God said, be you holy, for I am holy. But holiness is not difficult to. I'm telling you. Holiness means just keeping yourself, doing the right thing, praying without ceasing. Receiving Christ into your life. You are holy. And God said we must be. And next one is love your... Love, love. Love is the, is the next one. I want to bring, uh, make them fast fast now so that I can conclude. The Bible says, love God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. <laughs> This thing is not a joke. It's true. You must love. <laughs> you must love God. If you love God, you will be able to pray with us. You will be able to obey his commandments. You must love your neighbor. The neighbor will... In fact, Jesus added something to it. Which looks difficult. But actually it's not. In, that, in this our, our scripture for the time. The kingdom lifestyle. In Matthew 5.44, he said, love your enemy. That one looks difficult, isn't it? <laughs> your enemy, you love him. But you must, uh, say I must. I must love God. Say it, I must love God. 
I must love my neighbor. I will also love my enemy. That is even the, the prophecy we receive today. That we should pray for them. And not say they should die. The next one is that you must build your case. If you are praying, build your case. If you have case, build it. Hezekiah builded his case. Hezekiah told God. God told him to prepare his heart that he will die. He said, no, it's not I won't die now. God, look at how I have walked before you faithfully. How I have lived with you in truth and in perfect heart. I don't want to die now. Do you know that God granted it? Praise the Lord. Because he made his case. You can make your case. Except if you don't have case. If you are not living with a perfect heart, you won't be able to tell God that you are living with a perfect heart. Then, the, uh, the next one is uh, tarry and persist in the presence of God. Don't leave God's presence in a hurry. There's a typical example in the Bible in John chapter 20 verse 10. Mary Magdalene. She was the first to see that the tomb of Jesus was opened and that Jesus was no longer there. She ran and told the disciples. And disciples, all of them came. And they even entered the Peter and some of them entered the tomb and saw the lining and saw that Jesus was no longer there. They came out. And they went to their home. They went back. But Mary Magdalene stayed. Praise the Lord. She tarried and said, where is my Lord? I will not leave until I see where they lay him. And this same Mary Magdalene went back to that tomb which Peter had gone in, which they had examined and saw that he was, he went back there to look again. It was at that point that she saw two angels. Where were these angels when Peter them running to there? Because they were in a hurry. And so, the angel asked Mary, what are you looking for? He said, I'm looking for Jesus. Where they lay him. I will go and attend to him. Then, the Bible said that immediately she turned, she saw that Jesus was standing by her. Praise the Lord. Because she tarried. She spent extra time. Let to spend an extra time in prayer. Don't hurry out in the presence of God. Anytime you tarry seeking God, you know what happens? Jesus had been there. This angel had been there. Only that you, your holiness didn't allow you to see them. But when Mary that waited and tarried, the veil left her eyes and she began to see the angels and Jesus himself. And she was satisfied. Praise the Lord. And finally on this one, before I round up, is be specific when you pray. Be specific when you pray. So we pray, God bless me. God uplift me. God give me open door. What do you mean? Are you not already blessed? Are you not moving around? So you are blessed already. You are lifted up. Some of your mates are in the village and the university. You are asking God to lift me up. Lift you here. To the ceiling. You already lifted. You, you even have open door because you are, you are, you are in the universe. You are wearing a, a good dress. 
Go out there, see people that don't have a dress to change with. So God has already given you open door. God has lifted you up. So what we are saying is, God bless me. You already blessed, my friend. Stop that kind of prayer. Why not say, God, heal me malaria? If it's malaria, that is your trouble. Be specific. God, heal me malaria. So that I can fellowship the next fellowship. Your malaria will disappear. Praise the Lord. You see, blind Bartimaeus was shouting, Jesus of Nazareth, help me. <laughs> Jesus came. Uh-huh. Blind Bartimaeus, I'm here. What do you want me to do? Jesus already knew he's blind, but Jesus, there's power in the spoken word. It's your mouth that must say it. You are the one to speak. It is blind Bartimaeus that must say he's blind. That he wants the eye open. Then Jesus will say, as you say it, let it be unto you. Don't you know that that's how Jesus replied prayer? As you say it, let it be unto you according to your faith. That is the reply of Jesus. So if you are there, just saying Jesus uplift me. He will uplift you instead of sitting here, you go and sit in the gallery over there. He has uplifted you. So, you must name, you must say what, it is only one blind Bartimaeus now uh, mentioned his eyes. He said, okay, get it. And he got it. Look at the man at the Be- uh, pool of Bethesda. <laughs> the, the young man at the pool of Bethesda was there. Jesus came. And I met him and said, uh-huh, <laughs> what will I do for you? He started telling story. He changed into story. He said, now, nah, before, before I run in, all of them will run in. I don't, I have been here for 38 years. He started telling, instead of telling him, get me up out of this uh, sickness. Paralysis, hear me my paralysis. One sentence. Jesus was waiting. But Jesus had pity on him. And just out of mercy, lifted, asked him to go. And he went. <laughs> I want to tell some of our girls, who pray, God, give me a rich man to marry me. You see, all you need to pray, good man, good man, born again man. That is, that's your prayer, to marry me. And I've seen some people in some garden where we, who will, I want a, I want a rich man, a rich, a rich somebody. So you're praying amiss. You're not getting it right. And when I married my wife, this one that is sitting here, I had only a portmanteau. I didn't have money. I was, I finished from the university as one of the good uh, students. They returned me in the university as assistant lecturer. And, that's, and that was it. And because it's in ABU in Zaria, they thought that Marire was even an expatriate. So they gave me three bedroom bungalow furnished. And when I walked into the room, from youth call into a three bedroom bungalow, Furnished as assistant lecturer, I was marvelled. I say, ah, what? I came in with only my portmanteau. I say, how can I start staying here alone? That was when marriage came into my head, and I started to marry. I married with only one portmanteau, and and later two of us made money. We are rich now. Is it now that I'm going to marry? So that is. That is what is wrong with some of our prayers. 
Don't pray Anis. Pray for a good person. A child of God. He can be the poorest man in the city at that time. But tomorrow, he can become something. Praise the Lord. Finally, prayer blockers. There are things that block prayer. No matter how much you pray, it will block it. I want to tell you some of them. Disobedience is one of them. Adam and Eve, they disobeyed. God told them to eat. To eat all the trees and fruits. The trees and fruits God told them to eat is up to 1,000 If not more. But God said, keep only one for me. Don't eat that one. They went and ate it. They went and ate it. You know, disobedience is trouble. What is wrong with all of us? God told man, sleep with only your wife. You see men, they keep their wife in the house. They run to club. They run with other women. What are you running? Is that one not enough? Widows and unmarried people don't sleep with anybody at all. Live, on, live a chaste life. These are very small and strong instructions. Why not keep it? Why not try it? If you, if you, keep, if you, if you keep disobeying, you block your prayer. In fact, stop praying. Don't even try to pray. What are you praying when you have blocked the prayer? Give your life to Jesus. Be born again. Some people refuse. They will not give their life. A man join with a woman in marriage and two of them shall become one. That's what God said though. <laughs> the man refuse. They join with a woman and still remain half half. They go to another woman. In fact, some of them even say they will not join with a woman. They join with a man. A man join with a man. A woman join with a woman. Did God say that? Disobedience. These things block prayers. In Psalm 28 verse 5, the Bible says, Because they regard not the works of the Lord, nor the oppressions of his hand, he shall destroy them. Other prayer blockers before I round up include rifts or quarrel between husband and wife. Don't allow that to exist. I attended a training and the topic is help, need for you. And in that training, it was discovered and explained that a man originally is deficient. And he needs a help that meets that deficiency. That is the meaning of help, need for you. And the woman herself is also deficient. And it is the man that we, we meet the deficiency of the woman. And so when two half-half deficiency join together, they become one. That is where God gets his arithmetic. Of one plus one. In short, half plus half. One. That is marriage. So, if your wife, for instance, is careless, he's uh, not, he's, he's doing certain things that you quarrel or over. Maybe he's, each time he's coming, he will run in, he will leave his bag on the staircase and run into the kitchen, and from there he enter the room, he leave the bag there. He will, if he's dressing, he will throw away the dress here, Keep the teacup on the bed and, the, and go out. And when you come back, you start hollering. Why do you start? You begin to quarrel with your wife. As soon as you begin to quarrel with her, you will not be able to pray. 
And that's what Satan wants. Brother, when I come back from that, uh, that training, my situation changed. In fact, if my wife dropped her bag on the staircase, I will first, if I'm coming, I carry it first of all, go and put it right. If she drop her teacup on the bed, I will just remove it and go and put it well. In fact, I wash it and go and put it. No trouble. And, and since that time, no more trouble. Brother, learn it. Any area your wife is deficient, make it up. Tell somebody, make it up. Yes, anywhere there is deficiency, make it up. And you will see there is no more trouble. So your prayer will no longer be blocked. Sin is abomination. Especially the sin that you know, you prepare for, and you do it like fornication and adultery. Do you know you prepare for it? You discuss it in advance. You get ready for it and go and do it. My friend, that one is dangerous. And that's why God says, flee. We use your leg and fly. Joseph, that was why Joseph flew from Potiphar's wife. And leaving his clothes behind, he flew. He obeyed this flee. Brother, you must flee from those kind of sin. You must flee. Praise the Lord. Lying, hot speech. Hot speech. Telling your, bro- your, your brethren something in a very harsh world. Bad dressing, castigation of one another. Especially the one we castigate the preachers, the pastors, the ministers of God. You must stop it. Tell somebody, stop castigation. Say it again. This one is very important for the church. For our church. For the church of Christ. Stop castigation. Say it again. Don't begin to tell somebody bad about somebody. Keep your mouth. Tell somebody, keep your mouth. Yes. That is one of the things that block our prayers. And from today, we will no longer do it in the name of Jesus. And finally, power of prayer. Power of prayer. That is where we are ending this, this uh, discussion. In James chapter 5 verse 17, the Bible says, Elijah was a man of like passion like we are. He prayed that there be no rain. And there was no rain three and a half years. That is power of prayer. Praise the Lord. There is power in the prayer. And Judges chapter 6, Joshua prayed and commanded sun and moon to stand still in the Mount of Ajalon. And it was so. Power of prayer. In First Chronicles chapter 4 verse 10, Jabez called upon the name of the Lord, God of Israel, that thou wouldest Bless me indeed. And God bless Jabez. God changed the situation of Jabez from what it was to a better situation. Brother, as you begin to pray from today, God will change your situation. God will visit you in the name of Jesus. And so before I, I, I get down, I will share this testimony. A couple a good couple, born again. They are the gentle type because two of them are professionals, both wife and husband. This thing happened here in Enugu. And their daughter was admitted to do medicine in England. And when Buhari came in, the financial involvement changed. And their school fees rose from 
1.8 million they used to gather to 8.4 million because of change of uh, dollar. And it was, is it going back or coming back? No, no side is good. And, but however, the, the young girl has gotten to final year, is entering final year. So it remains one payment of school fees. But unfortunately, even after they raised that money and paid, the university suddenly changed the graduation score, the final year score, from 50 where it used to be to 70. So you must go 70 to graduate. And that was another headache. And so the girl took that exam and got 58%. And so she did not make it. So she either needed to repeat, which cost for another 8.4 million on the parents, or she will withdraw and come out as nothing. So it was a difficult thing. And so this couple now decided to pray. They went to Okiwe, Camp of Faith, and joined believers. These were just two people that usually say their prayer gently. But in that camp, they learned to be violent. Praise the Lord. They began to speak out. It's no longer a gentle prayer. It's now a prayer of battle. And so, they prayed and they prayed. And after they prayed, they were satisfied. And so they struggled and borrowed and made up the fees for the girl to repeat. And so the girl repeated. So that prayer continued. Violent prayer. They, they are now prayer warriors. And brethren, and the girl now took the exam, a repeat exam. You know what she scored? 79%. Praise the Lord. That violent prayer saved the situation. There's nothing prayer cannot do. There is power in prayer. There's power in spoken word. And the, the, this thing also happened in my town. Last August, a mobile came to my town for a three days crusade. And by the time he finished, and when he finished, of all the elders in my town, from 40 years and above, we are called out to the field to hand over our town to God. And that was happened. That, that took place. And so after the crusade, and he said that all the adults and, and the chants and everything in the town had been destroyed. We prayed and said Amen. And so we left. So this last Christmas, when I went home to the village, we, we even organized a Thanksgiving. The testimonies were coming out. They say that the, the, the traditionists or the herbalists or whatever they are called, that they said that all the chants, all the masquerade, and all the adults in the town have been have been wiped out. I didn't know how it happened. I don't know what they mean. But all I knew is that they now contributed money. They started contributing money to say that uh, they will now begin afresh to re, to do masquerade. To, they started buying new clothes for masquerade. The ones that they had been. I don't know how they knew it was destroyed, whether it burnt or something. I didn't go there. But all I know, all, all they told us is that everything had been wiped out. 
So they started afresh. Brethren, that is the power of prayer. Are you ready to pray? There is power in prayer. And God can do all things he wants to do. If only you can pray. And if you pray, excuse me, for today's own, we're going to just pray for three minutes or so. Don't, don't pray like a gentleman. Open your mouth. Speak out. Speak something out. There's power in the spoken word. And God will give us the grace in the name of Jesus. Father, thank you for this audience that have had this word. And I pray that the power of God will rest upon each and every one of us in the name of Jesus. And so, brethren, you cannot rise up. Let us just say a word of prayer. Speaking it out and calling upon the name of the Lord. God, increase my power. Increase my prayer power. That is the prayer we are going to pray. Because we now know that prayer is a law. Prayer is the law of God. Prayer is a command of God. So the first prayer, the prayer we are praying now, God give me a prayer power. Prayer power. Prayer pattern. Prayer strength. Prayer anointing. So that I can pray without ceasing. Let them open your mouth and pray that prayer. Speak it out. Don't whisper. God give me power to pray. Prayer power, prayer pattern, prayer anointing, prayer fire, prayer glory, so that I can pray without ceasing. So that I can make this command of God to pray without ceasing. God give me the grace. God give me the power. God give me the anointing. Baptize me with fire to pray and to seek you. God give me the power to pray. Power to pray. Power to pray. I receive power to pray. I receive the anointing to pray. I receive fire to pray. I receive help to pray. I receive the leading to pray. Lord Jesus, release your power to pray. Because prayer is a demand. And it's a call. We receive the power. We receive the power. Elijah prayed and God answered. Joshua prayed and God answered. Esther prayed and God answered. David prayed. David challenged Goliath. And he succeeded. Daniel prayed. And lion has no hold on Daniel. Because he prayed. He called upon the name of the Lord. God our Father. Release the anointing to pray. In Jesus' name we pray. The last prayer is for your family. Every challenge, you can mention them. The church of God, because the family is also the church. And our nation, Nigeria. We join this prayer together as we call upon the name of the Lord. God, visit my family concerning this problem. God, Visit my life. Visit my husband. Visit my children. Visit my family. My finances. My health. My life. My Christian life. My work with you. Lord God Almighty. Visit me. Visit my family. A change. A change in my situation. All the bad things. Oh my father and my God. Visit me. Visit my family. Visit the church of God. Change the church of God. 
A new anointing upon the church. A new power upon the church. Father, visit Nigeria. Nigeria, our country. Hey, the killings must stop. The glory of God will go forth. The love of God will spread abroad over our nation, Nigeria. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, answer from heaven. Answer from heaven and show forth your glory. Show forth your power. Show forth your mercy. Show forth your love. Our Father, we thank you. We bless you because you have heard. And because you have heard, you have answered in the name of Jesus. Lord, our prayer life changes today in the name of Jesus. Lord, when we pray, not if we pray, because you want us to pray, that we may receive the results of the answers for which we have prayed. And when we pray, we will receive our answers in the name of Jesus. And the ones who have prayed about, according to your will, and according to your counsel, and in line with your decision, Lord, we receive the answers in the name of Jesus. We receive our boldness. We receive our walking in holiness. We receive a life of obedience in the name of Jesus Christ. The prayer about us. Those things that will kill and block our prayers. Lord, today, with all our heart, Lord, we keep a distance from them in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, the disobedient heart, a sinful habit. Lord, hearts of unforgiveness. Lord, that is far away from us. Hearts of unbelief. Praying repetitively, praying for sure, and praying without any specific request. Lord, today, as they remove themselves from us, we receive of you the blessings in our prayer life to be strong and to receive effectual fervent prayers that have an answer in the name of Jesus. The visitations in our family, in our situations that make a difference in answer to prayer, that makes us available to glorify you and bring souls unto your name in the name of Jesus Christ. The visitation in our situation that makes men to look upon us and take note we have been with you and give glory to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. It is done. And Lord, we shall remain on the moves. And in the lifestyle of prayer, like Jesus did, and receive time upon time, mercy upon mercy, grace upon grace, and open doors of favor and your visitation. In the name of Jesus we pray. Thank you, Father. As you find us watching and praying, and triumphing therein, and their grace making manifest upon our lives. In Jesus' name we pray.